0: And you're back with us as promised to visit with Brian Kane, uh, best described as, okay, when he identified himself to me, he, he described himself as a strength and conditioning coach for the mind. And I think that's a great description. And, Brian, it's good to have you here and appreciate your time. Look forward to visiting with you.
1: Glad to be here. Appreciate the opportunity to talk a little bit about the mental conditioning program (laughs) that we use with Baylor Bears.
0: Very good. And, folks, if you're listening to this, you can see his website at briancain.com, B-R-I-A-N-C-A-I-N.com. And you do work, uh, are doing work uh, even uh, today with Baylor men's tennis, and you were with Baylor baseball over the weekend also.
1: Yeah, it's a great time of year. You know, baseball, having an opportunity to uh, compete for a Big 12 championship, and Uh, tennis right now just winning the regular season Big 12 championship and having a little bit of a hiccup in the tournament Uh, but they get a second life here and we'll be hosting I'd imagine a NCAA regional as they can move forward in in pursuit of the ultimate prize which is the national championship.
0: Very good all right when you come in and you work with you work with a lot of schools you don't work just with Baylor give our listeners a sense of uh, some of the schools that you work with also.
1: Well you know majority of what I do have my background is in baseball and I was a grad assistant coach out at Cal State Fullerton in 2002 and three and studied under a guy named Ken Reviza who's kind of the, the master of the mental game of baseball uh, and you can learn about Ken Reviser from his book, Heads Up Baseball. Or if you get a chance to watch the Evan Longoria E60 that was done on ESPN, which is really a tremendous insight and window into what the mental game of baseball is all about. Uh, Ken is featured in that. And through you know my pedigree underneath him and the Fullerton system, I've been able to get in. Uh, it started in 2006 with UC Irvine when mm-hmm. Dave Serrano, who was a pitching coach at Fullerton, took over at Irvine and then picked up TCU with Coach Schlossnagel. Mm-hmm. And then in 07, I picked up Vanderbilt and a UFC fighter by the name of George St. Pierre. And in 07 was kind of the tipping point for me in that TCU won another conference championship. Irvine went to Omaha and finished third as kind of the dark horse. Vanderbilt was number one all year in the country. Got upset by Michigan in their regional, but had guys like David Price and Pedro Alvarez, now Major League All-Stars, and George St. Pierre, who had lost his world championship, won it back, and has not lost a round since. And every year it's kind of compounded from there uh, with, you know, schools like University of Mississippi, Mississippi State, Auburn, Alabama, which their softball team just won the national championship and three straight SEC titles. So that's that's been a fun ride there with Coach Pat Murphy, Um, University of Houston, Texas State, Texas A&M. Oregon State, Washington State, Southern California, Coastal Carolina, Michigan, Iowa, Maine, Vermont, Maryland, Florida State, NC State. So it's just, it's kind of grown a a life of its own and I really feel like I'm the most blessed human being on the planet and that every day I wake up, I get to do what I love to do. And, you know, I have a hard time going to sleep at night and an easy time getting out of bed in the morning. And I think if there's any message I could send to, you know, college students or people looking uh, listen to this interview thinking about a path that they may want to go on, it's find out what you love to do and find a way to do it because you'll be a champion in the world class or whatever it is you do.
0: All right. Well, what all that says to me is you are, uh, you're very much in demand, it sounds like. And it also is, it says to me that... Coaches today, college coaches today, uh, they're looking for any advantage they can get. I mean, physically, yes, you know, um, uh, equipment wise, yes, facilities, yes, but then the mental side of it sounds like they're looking for an edge in that category if they can get it.
1: Yeah, and ultimately, you know, mind control leads to body control, leads to skill control. And as a former coach myself, we spent a lot of time talking about mechanics. And then we often will talk about strength and conditioning and getting physically stronger. But what controls the body is the mind. And how often are we talking about mental conditioning from a confidence standpoint, from a present moment focus standpoint, from a just focusing on the right mental keys, the things that you can control in performance. So as a baseball pitcher, and this is something that Steve Smith has done so beautifully, is get his pitchers out of outcome, get his pitchers out of throwing strikes and into quality pitches mm-hmm. because if you have an 0-2 count and you throw a strike right down the middle, that's not a quality pitch, but it's a strike. Mm-hmm. And if you have an 0-2 count and throw a ball in the dirt, that's a quality pitch because that's where you intended to throw it, but mm-hmm. it's not a strike. So the same thing on the offensive side of the game. Every hard hit ball is not a hit and every hit is not a hard hit ball. <laughs> or should I say every quality at bat is not a hit, and every hit is not a quality at bat. Yeah. You know, if you've got a 3 0 count and you get the green light and you swing and get basically your swinging bunt base hit, well, nowhere is that a quality at bat except you're successful, and in the scorebook it says you yeah. have a hit. So it's really educating the athlete and the coaches on the process of what it takes to be successful. And whether you're talking about Nick Saban with Alabama football, Augie Garrido with Texas baseball, Dan Gable at Iowa wrestling, Anson Dorrance, North Carolina soccer, the greatest coaches out there have all established a process that gives them the best chance for success. And I've really been impressed with how coach Smith and coach Canole with the men's tennis program have adopted um a process for their program and they had one Mm -hmm. they've just been able to take it and really inject some Mm -hmm. more energy and life into it and kind of take it to the next level and just them being as successful as coaches as they've been Canole winning the national championship smith going to the to the college world series for them to be open to having an outsider come in and say hey here's some different ways to think about this and do this i think speaks volumes of their character and also speaks volumes of them just as coaches and people who are open to learning
0: takes that, doesn't it? I mean, it takes a coach that is uh, receptive to what you have to offer.
1: Yeah, for sure. And there's some coaches that you go in and work with, and you do the same thing every trip you go in for seven years because (laughs) they just can't get their players to take a breath or it's not reinforced when you leave. But it's not that way here at Baylor. I mean, every time I come in, the challenge for me is, well, what's next? Mm -hmm. You know, they're already doing what I've taught them to do and you don't want to just be making things up to make things up. So it's really about reinforcing the wheel, reinforcing the system and kind of quality control at this point in that they understand the 15-week fall program of mental conditioning for 30 minutes once a week and how to execute that. They understand teaching routines and getting their athletes to breathe to stay in the present moment and have releases when they get into red lights and things are going their way to get back to the present moment. So you're really able to take kind of that next step, which might be more of a how to measure the process mm-hmm. because measurement is motivation and how to reward the process, uh, but also just from a coaching standpoint, different methods, maybe using video uh, or, or using more audios. And that's one of the things we've really done here the last yesterday with Baylor Tennis mm-hmm. was having an individual meeting with every player and really getting into customizing a very specific mental conditioning program for the next 12 days until they step foot on the court for the NCAA regional so that ultimately they all have an individual process custom for them that allows them to play their best. And if they individually play their best, results will take care of themselves. Well,
0: visiting with Brian Kane. his uh, his website is com. Peak performance and getting the most mentally out of our student-athletes. Give us a sense uh, with baseball, um, if you don't mind, the, the process when you come in. Uh, I know you meet with the coaches and then individually with the players, and uh, you, what can you tell us about that process?
1: Well, I can tell you the process and the schedule, if you're looking for, is uh, is extensive, You yeah. know, and I actually have it right there in front of me. So, you know, you get in. I'll take you through the baseball because we just finished. So I got in Thursday night, got stuck outside of Waco to try to get in here. So I had had two hours to uh, get caught up on phone calls and emails, which was nice. (laughs) But came in and you do, uh, you know, uh, coach has his Thursday night mental conditioning and leadership program. So they meet for about 30 minutes to 45 minutes in a classroom. So I sat back, observed what they did, took notes, and then got with him later in the weekend to give him some some feedback to make that 1% better. And then maybe a 45-to-1-hour session with the team talking about mental conditioning, where we're at in the season, what we need to do moving forward, what are we doing good, um, you know, what's the expectation, and, and, and really anticipate the adrenaline because Texas is coming in here. It's senior weekend. Anticipate the adversity. We're going to get hit in the mouth at some point in the next nine games. But also know that every goal we've set at the beginning of the year, goal number one was win the Big 12 championship. And although we didn't want to be 21 and 20 going into the weekend, we would have definitely taken one game out of first place. So they needed to make the choice at that moment, are we going to focus on 21 and 20, or are we going to focus on one game out of first place? And it's that reframing of the mentality. So then you go out to practice, and you're at practice observing uh, what the staff is doing from a mental conditioning standpoint. You know, maybe chatting with players around uh, as they uh, come to you, you know, in the, in the dugout to talk about their mental game. Um, and then when we get done with, with practice, at that point it's about 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. I go back, type up some, st- some observations, send an email to the staff kind of at the end of the day. Come in on Friday. Start with a staff meeting from about eight to 11, and then individual player meetings from about 11 to three. Meet with every player for about 20 minutes. And then you've got pregame activities three to six, again, floating around and having informal conversations with players just around the facility. Videotape every pitch of every routine during the game, go back to the hotel that night, type up a report for the staff, break down the video so that the next day when I come in, which we started at about nine o'clock on Saturday because it was a later game, Again, then met with every player who played in the game. Watched the just the routine aspect of their video. I don't have to get into... I don't. I don't get into swings. I don't get into that aspect of the baseball performance. But we're looking at: Did you finish your breath? Did you release when you got into red lights? Uh, how was your body language out there? So we're watching that. And then uh, again, process of pregame meal. Another informational meeting, motivational story about uh, you know we went with the story of Wally Pitt, which nobody knows about. You know, at this point in the season. Uh, someone who hasn't been an everyday player is going to emerge and be a key role and a key factor if we're going to win a championship. So just the ability, the ability uh, to do that, you know, and be that player. And then, you know, again, same thing, videotape routines, break them down the next morning. And then the Sunday game gets over, type up my final staff report, take a deep breath, and then we shift into getting ready for tennis. So it's, it's a grind. I mean, from the time you wake up about 6 a.m. till you go to bed at midnight, I mean, you're on the whole time, and that's just uh, that's the way we do it right now. Yeah. So it's fun.
0: Yeah, it's really fascinating. There are signs in the Baylor dugout. Most of those have come from you, just sort of uh, encouragement, motivational-type signs that are posted in the Baylor dugout.
1: Well, the signs in the dugout really you know, come from the 15-week fall mental conditioning program we go through where the Baylor baseball team would divide the team up into three battalions of about 12 players each, And over the course of of maybe three weeks, they would dissect one of my books. So they started with Toilets, Bricks, Fish, and Pride. And in the the groups of 12, each player had to read one chapter. And then they had to present to their group on what that one chapter Mm -hmm. was. So three groups, three players had read chapter one. Then those three players stood up in front of the group of the whole team and talked about what they took out of chapter one, what the signs of success were. Signs of success are essentially the nuggets of information and the takeaways. So... A sign of success would be don't count the days, make the days count, would be be a one-pitch warrior, would be turn half twos into want-tos, would be anticipate adrenaline, anticipate adversity. So all those are little speaking points that, that Coach Smith would take and type up. And then later in the year, he'd always have on, a, on his practice plan, he'd always have a sign of success area. Mm-hmm. So how, that, how the mental conditioning program that they do once a week on those Thursdays get reinforced every day is he would – call on a player in their pre-practice meeting before they stretch. He'd say, Nathan Orff, what was the sign of success? He would say, anticipate adrenaline. Well, Nathan, what does that mean? And Orff would have to tell the team Mm -hmm. what that means. Mm -hmm. And he'd say, well, with a guy next to you, talk about what anticipated adrenaline means. So for 30 seconds, they have that conversation, and then he would fill in any blanks. Here's what we're going to do in practice, and they go. So it's a one-day mental conditioning reinforcement from the sign of success that the players took out of the book when they read (laughs) it in the fall, And he hits them in three learning strategies. This was Steve's idea, which is brilliant. Because visually, they see it on the practice plan. Auditorily, they hear it when they hear their teammates talking to the group, hear coach talking. But then kinesthetically, they have to process and talk about it with a teammate. And all that happens in one minute. So it's been a tremendous uh, process that Steve has implemented. It's it's been a lot of fun to be a part of.
0: Very good. And we talked a lot about baseball. Your roots are sort of in baseball, but you're working with uh, men's tennis here also. Is it essentially the same thing, just on a little different uh, field of competition, being the tennis court instead of a baseball diamond?
1: Well, it's very similar. You know, where baseball is one pitch at a time, tennis is one one point at a time. And, you know, the routine of a tennis serve – I teach it almost identical to how you teach a pitcher to throw a baseball. The routine of receiving a tennis serve is very almost identical to how we teach hitting. And there's still one point at a time where when the point happens, you now click into your your continuum of the R's, which is recognize, release, refocus, all within your routine. So we have a routine for every point, for every pitch, and you got to recognize your signal lights. And if you're green light, that means... Go, play the next point. If you're red light, that means you better stop and release and then refocus on the next mm-hmm. point. So the release that you'd see as a baseball pitcher would be swipe the dirt off the mound, clean the slate, next pitch. Mm-hmm. The hitter would be batting gloves, bat with the arm, undo my batting gloves to help me let go of that last pitch, get to the next one. From a tennis standpoint, you'll see them all walk to the back, take their towel, wipe their towel off, wipe off their arms, and put the towel back on the rack. When the towel goes on the rack, they take a deep breath, Mm -hmm. looking at a focal point, Mm -hmm. and then they come back to the baseline. And the focal point on the towels that Coach Canola came up with is it says FIT, forget about it, Mm -hmm. forget about the last play, Mm -hmm. right? And also trust your fitness because they're a believer here that hard work pays off and that there's no team they're going to step on the court with that has the same fitness level as the Baylor Bears. So that's the focal point on the towel. Towel off, put it down, forget about it, trust your fitness, you're in better shape than this guy. There's no way he can handle with you, grind him out, go win this point. It's all part of that process.
0: Yeah fascinating. It really is. It's great. So uh, as as uh, the teams you work with have, have success, I'm sure you feel a part of that and you can, uh, you know, not take credit for it, but uh, in some sense feel a sense of satisfaction when the teams do well that you've worked with.
1: Yeah. I mean, I consider myself an ex- extension of the staff and a, and a part of the support staff, very similar to an athletic trainer, to a strength coach. And obviously winning is better than losing. Uh, if you win, often you get invited back. If you lose, you don't. You know, I mean, this is a results-driven society, right? As much as we talk about the process, is what you have to lock into to get results. The bottom line is, it's a results business. The trap is, you don't get results by focusing on results. You don't get results by talking about winning. You get results by taking massive action every day, and that's what the process is. So, uh, I, you know, you enjoy, you enjoy the victories, but ultimately. You know, you you got to find a way to enjoy the process and enjoy the journey. And I can't remember where I heard it. I think it was Steve Job in his autobiography, the former CEO of Apple. He said, destination is the disease, journey is the reward, mm-hmm. another sign mm-hmm. of success. Mm-hmm. And the destination of, though do, do, do I hope Baylor wins a national championship, and am I preparing these guys the best of my ability with Coach Canole to go win a national championship 100%? That's the ultimate goal. But in talking with Augie Garrido, once you win a national championship, you realize there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. And it's really about the relationships. And I get more excitement out of, you know, Bobby, my team, calling me two years from now because he did went through a job interview and landed a job and said how he used – you know, the name memorization technique that we taught him in the mental conditioning program to know all the people in the interview room and that's what got him the job or Dan Evitt, a former Baylor Bear, who, you know, will just call you out of the blue and just say, Hey man, I was saw this thing online, made me think of you in the program, just wanted to say use that stuff probably more in my life now, I'm not playing baseball that I you every day in professional. And and that those are the little victories that you take because the national championships are so far and few in between, yeah. you know, and, and I've had a really good run of you know, softball national championship, lacrosse, um, you know, baseball with Cal State Fullerton in 04 and, you know, the UFC, five guys that have won world championships and and all that. And it's all great, but ultimately it's the relationships that you remember.
0: Good. It's great to meet you and great to have you here and uh, appreciate your contributions.